Good afternoon, listeners. Happy Mother's Day. And welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost. And joining me today and every day that we do this podcast, at least, is Patrick Anderson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How, how are you doing? Back at it again. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired today, but I'm doing, I'm good. I'm ready to, to pod for sure. I was going to say, you, you did something admirable. Uh, you took a trip uh, this weekend. You came back and immediately got off the flight, went home, and hopped on the podcast. So much appreciated. It's what I do. The yeah. sacrifices that I have to make in my daily life. Yeah, because some of those comments we get on our podcast reviews, they say, you know, great pod, but I just get the impression that Patrick doesn't work hard, not nearly as hard <laughs> as Will. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like he has. he's just not as committed to it. It's just a feeling that I have. It's just a hunch. It's just a hunch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm here to set the record yeah. straight. Patrick works hard, and he's here, and he's dedicated to this podcast uh, and you know, I appreciate it cause this is a pretty, pretty hyped release. Yeah, for sure. This is one of the more hyped releases we've reviewed this year. Absolutely. Like maybe the biggest indie release of the year, uh, mm -hmm. definitely to this point, I don't know if anything's supposed to come out later. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this brand new album from Danielle Heim or, vampire weekend i yeah. guess yeah oh oh yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it, yeah it is technically a vampire weekend record okay interesting all right uh <laughs> there so uh, vampire weekend is a an indie pop band from new york city um father of the bride they, okay here's a question really quick before yeah. we get into this because the last time we were talking about baroque pop does yes. vampire weekend fall within this because yes according to wikipedia they do um, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I've heard, you know, I mean, they're like, they, they're, they're just standard indie most of the time, but I've heard like art, indie, mm. uh, classical indie, you know, whatever, basically right. just cause they, they throw a lot of classical instruments in there. Right. Stuff. I was going to say, especially their last record, uh, modern vampires of the city. I think that's kind of where they got yeah. their Baroque pop. Like, you know, they have it all the strings in there and whatnot. Like it's, it's, uh, um, it's not a, a label they always get, but I think it's an apt label. Like if you were to describe them as yeah. broke pop, that's that works. Um, yeah, but, that's what that, I was thinking about. That since we had just done the Wise Blood record, and right. and we were we we kept talking about baroque pop. I was like, I feel like Vampire Weekend's definitely within that that area. Absolutely, and good call. And uh, we are now a baroque pop record or um, uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, by reviewing more than one, we are also a Baroque Pop record. <laughs> We're a Baroque Pop so EP listen, at this point. Yeah. Listen next week when we review the two reviews grouped together. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Father of the Bride is the, the album name. Uh, it's their fourth record. Uh, as we touched on, it has been highly anticipated in the indie music scene. Um Partially because Vampire Weekend is a very beloved band, and partially because Modern Vampires of the City, uh, which was their previous record and also their most acclaimed record, uh, was released way back in 2013, which doesn't seem like a while ago, and then you realize, oh, that was six years ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, every single record of theirs has a Metacritic rating of at least 80 out of 100. That is very impressive. Um, fans and critics love this band. I love this band. Uh, we haven't talked about them on the podcast because they haven't made a record in six years. Um, Patrick, are you a fan of Vampire Weekend? And uh, did you enjoy this latest record of theirs? This is a good question mm. because... I get the impression After I'm this, a bigger fan than you are of this group. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if you were not, hmm. and especially after what I'm going to say. Um, after after this album came out, and I started giving it a listen, I was thinking back on when I used to listen to Vampire Weekend, which mm-hmm. was when you know Contra, Self Title, and Modern Vampires came out because they were pretty relatively within what like two or three years of each other yeah i want to so say Empire weekend was they were they were pretty relevant within the indie sphere for like what six seven years maybe yeah i think it was uh the self-titled in 09 i want to say contra was 2011 2010 2011 and then vampires of the city was 2013 so right in okay. that yeah yeah so so a good amount of time and they they definitely made their mark and they put out great stuff with those albums but the thing is, like, I was thinking about it, and I haven't really gone back and listened to Vampire Weekend, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. on my own. I really barely at all since, you know, probably around 2014, maybe a little bit of 2015. I, I don't even know if, if that. Um, so I was like, oh, man, I, I was realizing, like, I, I haven't really reassessed how I feel about Vampire Weekend in a long time. And looking now, I think that I have more admiration for them than I am a fan. Okay. Because I, because like I, I'm looking back at their music and it is really skilled. Like especially in the in the past, I'm not talking about this one yet. But in the past, like their music is very well constructed, and there's some skillful lyric, um, lyrical moments throughout all of them. It's really, it's really well written. Um, instrumentally and lyrically. So there's a lot of really careful construction there. But I think the tone of Vampire Weekend, the overall aesthetic and the overall tone, just really has lost its shine for me mm, okay. since uh, since 2013. Fair. Um, so, and I was kind of realizing that. I was like, man, I this kind of feels like I'm listening to it, a band that, I used to like a lot, and now I'm kind of like, uh, I remember when I used to like them. Mm, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I would say on, if somebody was like, oh, are you a Vampire Weekend fan? I'd be like, oh, they're, they're good. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I would say, like, they're, they're a good band, but I wouldn't be, like, super ecstatic if Vampire Weekend was coming to san francisco and and i'd be and i need to get tickets for a show or something yeah i um you know before we get into you know your thoughts on this record i'll kind of share where i'm at with the band um i too uh wouldn't be too excited if the band was coming to say st louis because they are and i saw the ticket prices and i'm like i'm not that excited you know i'm i'm i would like to see vampire weekend but i don't like you know want to drop that much cash to see vampire weekend um, yeah, I, it is interesting. You kind of brought it up. Uh, just uh, sometimes we do these podcasts, and it's from these like indie 
I don't want to call Vampire Weekend indie legends, but just, you know, indie veterans, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And they, like when we talk about the MGMT record, for example, or the Arcade Fire record, you know, it, it kind of, when you listen to their new record, it, it kind of puts you in a spot where you have to, where you subconsciously think about how your relationship with the band has changed over time. And yeah, I, I, I would definitely, if someone asked me if I was a Vampire Weekend at this, a Vampire Weekend fan at this point, I would definitely say yes. Um, but they, they used to be one of like my favorite bands, period. And outside of Modern Vampires of the City, I don't really go back to their stuff at this point. Um, in the summer, I'll kind of play some of their like, you know, uh, upbeat singles or whatever, some of their classic singles. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I don't really like go back to the band a whole lot. There's bands from that period that I probably liked less, like say Beach House. At the time, I probably preferred Vampire Weekend to Beach House, but now I'm much more likely to throw on a Beach House record. Um, yeah. So it's one of those kind of situations for me. I, I definitely yeah. still really like this band, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that with like looking back at it, it was like all of the all of the really good impressions I had with them were, I mean, they were very surface level for the most part. Like, I don't think there's any denying how much like careful construction there is in their music, especially early on. Mm-hmm. But like, I think for me, it was like, um, it, it it just kind of was like. A, almost a one and done kind of thing where I was like, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, but it doesn't have this impactful staying power of somebody like LCD sound system mm-hmm. that can go for six years without releasing a record. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I can't wait for this new LCD sound system record. You know what I yeah, mean? And that's the other metric where like, you know, this album came out and I was hyped for it, but I was hyped. You know, I, I expected to be more hyped about this record. Um, yeah. Whereas, like when American Dream LCD came out, I was like counting down the days until that came out. Um, yeah. So yeah. 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 So anyway, I mean, that was something that I felt like definitely needed to to point out beforehand because that has a lot of context with how I feel about this record. Also. Oh. Okay. Like yeah. my, like just like just the evolution of how I felt about the band because. I, you know, I I had to go in, I, or I went in initially with that mindset of like, I don't even know how I feel about Vampire Weekend anymore. Right. So that, <laughs> that affects like certain, uh, certain ways of listening, I guess. So mm-hmm. just so, just so people know if I speak negatively on certain things, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other reasons other than it eh, are great. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, the other thing is, it is a comeback, but they did switch up their style quite a bit um, mm-hmm. between you know their previous efforts and this one. And the other key thing is that uh, Rost and Batman Gleesh, uh left the band after 2013, mm-hmm. a multi-instrumentalist, and I thought he was a very key part of the band. Um, so yeah, things have changed with the band. Their style has changed. So even and, how we... And fe- instead of... <laughs> Instead of the standard eleven-song classic indie album, yeah, right. <laughs> they decided to bulk it up with almost double the amount on this one too. Right, yeah, eighteen tracks. It's like an hour long. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so while we do have context, how we felt about the band's previous efforts in mind, this 
sound is different enough to where like that you know that my opinions on their previous records don't impact how i feel about this record all that much uh because yeah. it, it's it sounds like i'm listening to a different band uh when i listen to this yeah i mean ezra Kenig is like mm-hmm. undeniably like i mean that's his voice he has a very distinctive <laughs> voice right but yeah it's like it sounds like he almost joined a different band basically mm-hmm. this is like a new project or something right um yeah so okay i guess i'll talk overall then how i feel about it okay just briefly um i i was excited to hear a new sound from them and it was nice for the first you know the first like seven songs or so to hear to hear this more stripped down kind of minimalistic approach Mm-hmm. They still have some very Vampire Weekend kind of like, uh, you know, not complex, but like very like sporadic, almost playful mm. kind of uh, instrumental moments that happen on here. Mm. But it's it's not like to the degree that like Contra or Modern Vampires is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely very um, very different. Um, so I was liking that, and I and I actually appreciated the sound a little more. It sounded a little more mature. And uh, well, or, or like carefully thought out, but it just it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't really progress a ton throughout all eighteen tracks. And there's parts here and there that catch my attention, and there's some songs on here that are really great that kind of break through the mold, but there's a lot of stuff in here that's kind of just like that a lot of tracks in here that are just kind of like, I don't even remember listening to because it's like they, they kind of, uh, they, they're, they're very just pasty white and they don't have, um, a lot of, they don't have a lot to them that, that makes me want to remember, you know, the importance of this track within the context of the album. Mm -hmm. There's some parts of it feel pretty unnecessary. Um, so I thought like the overall, the overall sound I like, I do like, I don't know if I like it more than their old stuff. I do, I I do like this new sound though. And, um, but I think that there was just a little, there was a little too much that was bit off for it so that there's like, um, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I like this band more than you do. Um, However, I am I'm exactly with you in your opinions mm, okay. on this record. Um, I really, in a way, I'm disappointed, and in a way, I'm not because <laughs> over the course of this podcast, um, we've talked about a lot of comeback records, and we've talked enough about there have been a lot of comeback records that have just come back to bite us in the ass. That like I don't cough, get cough everything now, <laughs> right? Uh, American <laughs> Football LP two, um, yeah. American Dream to an extent. Like, I, yeah, we've gotten uh, the Gorillas. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> oh, let's not let's not mention that. That's the Voldemort <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> so so you know we've been bitten enough by comebacks to the point where like. You know, I'm excited, but whatever. Like, this could suck, and that's a possibility that I accept. And I don't think this yeah. sucks. I, I do like this record. Um, but I think you nailed it uh, with a point. You said something about unnecessary. 18 mm-hmm. tracks, 58 minutes. I'm not saying the band can't do that, but 
there are a lot of songs on here that are filler. Um, they're unnecessary. And to your point about the band sounding a little more stripped back, I think a lot of these moments sound kind of plain and non-distinct uh, mm -hmm. in their discography. Um, so for every great song on here, and I think the great songs kind of stand out and are universally agreed to be the great songs on this record. Aside from those, there's a lot of just like two minute songs that are just meh. Like I, I forget I'm listening to it as I'm listening to it. Um, yeah. 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 So it, it's just a lot of that. It's a lot of plain. I, I, I don't know. Um, I expected yeah. some sort of when because when I listen to this band, I expect some sort of like vibrancy and um, a ton of like impact in the instrumentation and you know just all this other stuff that you know kind of pops. Uh, this outside of a few tracks, like it's kind of a boring record a lot of the time. Yeah, I I I completely agree with that. I think that there's a few songs on here that I'm like these are really good songs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I there's I, there's not really much here outside of those that's that I'm like without having to like really dive in and be like, oh well this sounds cool and this sounds cool, but like the song structures and just the repetition of things and the mm. overall like style bleeding, it's like there's I, I don't know. I, it, it feels like um it doesn't feel lazy. It feels like they're almost like a little uninspired it's kind of hollow, by their own so. by their own change. Right, right. And I think my biggest issue with this record is, you know, I like to brag about a record's cohesion when it does have it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think this record has that cohesion. There's, there's this is definitely a new sound for them, but this sound is like. You know, on some tracks you get this country folk sound, and then on other songs you get kind of a bluesy sound, and you have the two Steve Lacey tracks, which sound totally different than anything else, mm -hmm. and Sympathy, which is like a flamenco dance song, and it's just like, wait, mm -hmm. what is the theme? What's connecting each song to the other? Is this just a collection of songs they've crafted over the past six years? Like, was there an attempt yeah. to kind of combine them all together into a cohesive effort i don't know but that's kind of my I, yeah, yeah that's a really good point because i that that was something that was really bothering me too is because like even the songs that i do like um <laughs> quite a bit like are they're they're vastly different than each other which isn't necessarily a bad thing but right. they don't have they don't have really any semblance of like this kind of belongs on an album with this it's basically like it kind of feels almost like um like vampire weekends like oh well we can do all these styles so why don't we just do them like they just did it because they can not because they should almost <laughs> right right it's that uh that old saying where it's like they uh it's from some movie but it's like you know they were too concerned with whether they could that they didn't think about whether they should yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. what is that from it's, is it like jurassic park or something it's from some sci-fi yeah film, yeah yeah I, I, that think. Is, I think you're right i think that is jurassic park yeah but yeah you're right it's it's this a, is the jurassic park of 
actually, that's not a good point. <laughs> that movie yeah, is an iconic. Movie. Yeah, that's like a great, a great movie. Like it yeah. holds up very well. The the uh, this is the Jurassic World. Uh, <laughs> there you go, the reboot where it's like, ah, yeah, you know, people like, like it, but like, uh, I don't know. why did they do this? <laughs> but yeah, if you go back to their previous three efforts, I could tell you in a couple sentences what the sound of those records are. Like, oh, the self-titled sounds like this. Contra sounds like this. I can't mm-hmm. really do that with Father of the Bride. I can tell you, like, well, some songs kind of sound like these weird country duets, and then other songs sound like this really boring interludes and, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. So... I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was I was having trouble with that too, just defining it. I was like, at first, I was like, oh, it's kind of like more stripped down electronic sound, right? And then I'm like, but no, there's like Married in the Gold Rush and the <laughs> first track, mm. And mm. all the Daniel Hayne tracks, I guess, <laughs> yeah, that are all like country, and then yeah, Sympathy and like My Mistake with that weird like church chorus almost. Like, did you like that song? A, uh, my mi- my mistake. Did you like that song? I not really. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. I I felt like it was something that I was like wanting to like, and it just it, it, and it started dragging on. Like by the last minute, I was like, "This is like it's it's just so repetitive." There's, right. It's like they found like, "Ooh, this is a cool sound," and it's kind of quirky and fun, but also like strangely moody and everything and then they they didn't think it out past that they're just like let's just record like four minutes of it and then you know that'll be good yeah i uh my takeaway from i asked you about that song specifically because um my notes for it 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 says uh you know i find this song boring but it seems like the kind of song that like i might find boring but patrick really likes (laughs) (laughs) that's a good that is a good assessment because i like when it first came on i was like oh okay this uh, this sounds like it's kind of like like a a minimal piano thing yeah yeah but then they they dragged it on for just too long. Yeah. And then and then it goes into sympathy, and I'm like, the fuck is going on? Here? Right. Yeah. And that's the cohesion point too. Which like, I I will say though, sympathy may be my favorite track though on the on the album. Interesting. Okay. I saw it yeah, made your playlist I, you made the other day. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if that meant it was like your favorite or you just picked it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do like that one. I think that it's just because I think it's because like up until that point, <clears throat> there's like things are just kind of bleeding into each other. And like when the parts that don't make sense, like, like married into a, in a gold rush to my mistake or something, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, there's a lot, but (laughs) like the things that, the things that like don't make sense are still boring. So it's like, okay, they make sense in, in this way at least, but then sympathy comes in and it's got a lot of, it's got that like vibrancy and excitement that I was expecting going into it. And so, and it comes in about halfway through, and it does a really nice job of like breaking up um, some of the boring parts that were that were kind of in the middle of, uh, you know, the the beginning and the beginning in the middle. Right. So I think that's 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 why I like it so much. I think that, it, um, yeah, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it was a standout track for me for sure. Like when I first was listening to it, I was like, oh, okay, now I've got like a second wind on this record and it's it's a dynamic track where you have like the loud Uh dance music juxtaposed with like those brief quiet 
moments just very brief um yeah and i like how they did that right it is and you know it's not my favorite song but it's maybe the most interesting song on the record uh which in a way makes it a song i like um because other songs on here aren't too interesting um but yeah that's that's a that's a good song um i do kind of want to talk about you know continue talking about songs we liked because i feel like we've been Mm -hmm. pretty negative to this point but um I'll just say Harmony Hall, I think, is a fantastic song. It's uh, easily, probably easily my favorite song on the record, which is Mm. kind of a slight issue for me because it was the lead single, and I hate, like, listening to a single, and then I listen to the album, and then, like, the single was my favorite song the entire time. Like, that (laughs) kind of sucks. Um, Sometimes it works out that way because the single is that good, but I get what you're saying because I still feel like no, there's the, I need to be more thoughtful than this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That too. Like I want to seem cool for one. Yeah. You know, I want to be the guy. Yeah, who's no, like, I like this obscure track. But that's right. Not. Actually, uh, Rich Man is my favorite track. No. Yeah. Uh, I do like that track though. Um, what I, you know, so that's kind of part of it is you know it was a lead single and it, and it makes sense because it was. Uh, for being the lead single because it's it's very catchy um and i really like how they just built from the beginning to the chorus they just kind of gradually build over that minute and a half or so until it finally gets to the chorus um something else this kind of goes back to the like the detail of the instrumentation that i typically like with vampire weekend songs um as you mentioned a lot of these songs kind of strip back the instrumentation um but Harmony Hall has like the abundance of instrumentation that like a lot of my favorite songs by this band have. And mm-hmm. I think this song stands out in that way partially because this is one of the two songs that actually has contributions from Rostam. And mm. that's kind of the other worry I had going in was like, okay, I know Rostam's not with the band. I loved his effort with Hamilton Lighthouser a couple years ago that album yeah. that was great the i had a dream you were mine or whatever his solo record made my top 50 of 2017 barely made it but it made it so i'm like mm-hmm. how much of my enjoyment of vampire weekend this entire time was really just like rostam batman gleesh being a great multi-instrumentalist slash producer yeah um, that, that it does go to show just how vital he was for the group Right, and I kind of like that it we now, you know, we can see how vital he was. Now that he's uh-huh. away from the band, you can kind of see, you know, because people like him don't always get the credit that, like, a lead singer or a lead guitarist get. Um, right. But it, it's, uh, you know, he was only on two songs, and one of them was Harmony Hall, and it's easily my favorite song on here. So that, I think, says something. Um, which other which song which other song was he on? Because <laughs> not... the other song was um, uh, "We Belong Together." <laughs> the other one. oh with Daniel Heim. Yeah, yeah so that, that's actually <laughs> my favorite of the Daniel Heim duets. But that's not to say oh, is it Heim? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's Heim. Like she's from Heim. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, well, then I've been pronouncing that band wrong too. <laughs> and you know, I, this is good, good, good thing to know while we're recording a podcast. Right. Right. And you know, I, I like Heim. Um, as any person who was getting into indie music around 2012, kind of likes Heim. Uh, yeah. Right. And she's technically featured on 
three songs here, but she's really featured on like half of this album. Like she does backing vocals yeah. for so many songs on here. So I don't know. That was kind of weird. I looked at the track list and I saw Daniel Heim three times. Um, yeah. I was like, okay. And Steve Lacey twice. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So while, you know, kind of going back to <clears throat> songs I liked, I love the Steve Lacey songs. Both of them. I think they're both really good. I don't know how you yeah. felt about those. but No, I, I really liked those too. You know, to the point where I think that the second half of the album um, is probably my favorite, like starting at Sympathy. Because mm, okay. um, I, I guess that would be about, that's about halfway through. I mean, it's not nine tracks, but right, I'm like, not a fan of Married in the Gold Rush. Really, so. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not, my, not my cup of tea there either. So Yeah. <laughs> That and my mistake, nine and ten could just—they could have just been wiped completely. Like <laughs> my notes for a, married in a gold rush, it just says oof, and then I moved on. From that. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's so—it's so goddamn unnecessary. It's like <laughs> it, and it sounds so like uh, like uh, a song that they would have written in 2010 that just did not age well at all. Right. That's basically what it sounds like. <laughs> well, and uh, apparently they. Uh, they wrote that song and then uh, someone went up to Ezra Koenig and said, uh, it's like, Oh, you know, I liked how country this song sounded. And he was just kind of like pulling his hair because he didn't want that song to sound country at all. And I'm like, really? The title of the song is married in a gold rush. Yeah. Like like it sounds pretty country and you've got lyrics about the midnight train and, and gold rush. And I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it's weird that you could put out that song and think like, Oh, I hope people don't think it sounds country. Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That's, you gotta have some self-awareness there too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, so the Steve Lacey stuff. Um, yeah. So he's the guitarist for the internet. Um, a, a band that I like, and mm-hmm. not not like the internet, but <laughs> it's it's it, no, it's actually this weird thing. His record company is like, <laughs> you're releasing your stuff for the internet, just you know. So <laughs> yeah, any any just stock guitar sounds you hear on the internet, that's Steve Lacey. <laughs> it's like Garage Band stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I know that. Okay, that's Steve Lacey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he, I thought his guitar was uh his guitar work was great on these songs um i love the melody of these two songs the duba duba dub i think is very charming mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i love that i yeah. love the duba duba dub that's so charming and that's the other thing vampire weekend is typically a very charming band and yeah you kind of get that in, in very few spots here or at least i did but um yeah, I think that I think that 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 three strong sorry the three song stretch of sympathy sunflower and flower moon mm-hmm. like that that was like Vampire Weekend being Vampire Weekend again it felt <gasps> right like. right and that was that 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 part reminded me like oh that's right this is why I, what like these are the parts that I really liked about this band is like the the very with like sympathy the very vibrant and uh, colorful. Um, chorus heavy songs mm-hmm. that are also instrumentally kind of complex and then with like sunflower and flower moon both just this weird quirkiness mm. that has a lot of charm and it's not kitschy either it's like there actually is some interesting musical moments to it too right and I, they, so i thought they did a, yeah i thought they did a really good job with both of those for for that reason it kind of reignited uh something in me yeah it's um uh 
I, I really like Steve Lacey's uh, performance on Flower Moon vocally as well. He does these really low-pitched mm-hmm. vocals that blend with Koenig's high-pitched vocals very well. He adds like this vocal melody at the very end that is like actually a very lovely vocal passage from him. Um, he's really my, my MVP of the record is Steve Lacey. And it's great timing because he apparently has an album coming out on the 24th. So I'm now really excited oh, nice. for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I, I think we, you know, are there any other songs you wanted to touch on that you particularly liked or is it mostly oh. just kind of that stretch in the second half that, that kind of, um, got you going? We, yeah, I mean, it's mostly that stretch. Uh, I was going to say real quick, like after going from that and then into 2021, which not a huge fan of 2021, I don't think it's bad, but mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it, it suffers from some of the similar things that I was saying earlier with like, there's this idea that these sounds and this idea that is really cool, but it just like the execution doesn't really go very far. And you, by the end, you just kind of are left feeling empty. Yeah. But when it starts, I was like, wait, hold the fuck up. Is this Flower Boy? <laughs> like, because the 2020, 2020 vision. <laughs> because he does it like 2021. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> anyway, that, that made me think of that. For, and, I was, and yeah, it, and, was, it was just funny. And Flower Boy has Steve Lacey on it. So it's like, you know, maybe... Um, yeah, there, there you go. This <laughs> album just made me want to listen to Flower Boy more, not <laughs> <laughs> which is a hell of a takeaway uh, for a Vampire Weekend. Very, right? we, yeah, very strange kind of. Yeah, you know when you listen to Vampire Weekend and you're like, man, I wish I was listening to Tyler the Creator right now. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, to your point, 2021 is a, a perfect example of you know, and you touched on it, but uh, there's so many songs here that, you know, they're fine enough ideas, but they kind of just end up being pretty unnecessary songs when they're mm-hmm. actually constructed. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of that. I can just run through the track list and give you like big blue, uh, how long, uh, 2021, of course, spring snow. There's just, there's so many songs mm. here that I thought were just like decent, but kind of plain and a little one-dimensional too so I, I don't know they could have made this 13 12 songs or the classic indie 11 songs and i would have liked that this album been, a lot more yeah that would have been great there would have been i mean yeah it would have cut off a lot of fat there's a lot right. of yeah just strange choices to include on an album so much fat. um yeah, I felt like they got too precious with this, and they were just like, let's just keep all of them on there. <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. That'll, yeah. that'll be good. Because they're all good songs, right? What could go wrong? We created them. But they're, but that's the thing, too. I think that it's like, like with that, what I was saying and what you were also reiterating with like the good ideas that are kind of held. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there's a song. Well, "Married in the Gold Rush" is. I I don't. I think that that one I really don't. Yeah. Like at all. I think I find that pretty annoying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and unnecessary. But beyond that, there's like not too many songs. I don't think I'm looking at the track list, but I don't think there's too many songs that I'm like just like oh this sucks. You know what I mean? Right. There's at least a couple of moments where I'm like oh that was interesting, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that aspect. So I feel like 
them choosing to basically be like let's just throw all of them in there like it causes these songs to also <clears throat> suffer in quality because now that they're just kind of splattered together with no real like reason there's um they they don't hold up as well against each other and i feel like that that causes like the quality of the songs to suffer too yeah so because maybe maybe big blue would be a much better song if it was on an album that was 11 tracks right you know right and, and fleshed out a unbearably little white was you know a closer track on an 11 track album i might like that you yeah. know but it's there's yeah but with 18 tracks and then a bunch of just like oh we're going over here to country oh we're going over here to minimal indie electronic oh we're cutting back over here to like some flamenco style oh and then we're gonna be vampire weekend as you know us right and then it's a like, third daniel heim uh duet <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then everybody welcome back to the stage <laughs> daniel heim <laughs> it's like woohoo all right yay okay <laughs> oh gosh um but no yeah you're, you're right and i wonder if there was pressure for the band to put a ton of music on this album because it's their first one in six years. And so maybe they're thinking like, okay, we got to give the fans a lot to listen to because it's been a while. I don't know if they considered that. They probably did, but... Yeah, well, I mean, that's like such a dangerous thought yeah. to have too if you are thinking that because it's like more <laughs> content doesn't necessarily mean more quality. Right. As we've seen from many people. Yeah. Most most recently and and... <laughs> Uh, oh, and yeah. the biggest standout being Drake. Yeah, I was <laughs> with Scorpion. I was gonna exactly, and I, I was gonna say that too. If this was a rap record, I'd I'd be ripping it for, you know, like if it was Migos or what's the other? Yeah. Uh, the was it J Cole? No, what other one had like a ton of songs on it that were just like oh Lil Yachty when we reviewed that. Remember we oh, reviewed Lil yeah. Yachty? Oh yeah, that had like seventeen tracks, right? Yeah, and I was like. You know, at the time, I was like, okay, I get it. It's the streaming age, so they're putting a lot of songs on Spotify so that they get us, you know, compensated for every play. This is essentially yeah. the same thing with the Vampire Weekend uh, album. So Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't, Yeah, so, like, since the last time they released a song, it, music consumption has been radically different. Like, I bought those first three Vampire Re Weekend, you know, I bought them on CD, and that just i don't buy cds anymore i almost exclusively stream outside of like my vinyl records that i have so maybe yeah. they're maybe they're factoring that in as well just like hey more songs equals more money in the streaming age yeah so yeah it could be which yeah. is fine i can't which, knock an artist for trying to get money but like it hurts the album experience i think so most of the time from what i've been seeing it's it's been kind of harmful yeah like you said to the to the album experience right so I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, sometimes it, it can be good. I can't really think of a recent 18 or more track record that I've... Yeah, that didn't have just a, a bunch of filler on it. Um, yeah, that's it's hard to think of one. Yeah, I mean, you would have to do, like, Donuts or Mad Villainy when those songs are, like, less yeah. than three minutes anyway. Like Yeah, there's a lot of interludes there. Right. And I guess the most recent, like over like an hour or two hours is like swans but unless you're doing that kind of stuff <laughs> right. it's like it's hard to do that with an indie rock or a hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> well i mean why couldn't vampire weekend go swans i mean they did every so other genre this, on here they, is yeah. this their uh to be kind <laughs> then 
<laughs> yeah, they've done country folk. They did indie tronica. They <laughs> why not do fucking post rock as at that point? You know, like yeah. So, yeah. so I, I don't would, know. I would much rather see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are are there any other songs that kind of stood out to you that you wanted to share? You know, either good or bad. Uh, just kind of um, songs that were on your mind. Yeah, you touched on Harmony Hall. So mm. I do like that track. I don't, it's not my favorite on the record. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. I honestly, I don't know which one is my favorite. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a bit of a negative too because I go between like Harmony Hall, Sympathy, um, The Sunflower. I kind of like blend those together The Sunflower, Flower, Moon, um, Duo. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So um, I kind of go in between the really distinctive quality about either of them. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's the favorite. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a negative, but it feels like more of a negative in this context because while I think the songs are all good, there's they're all still not like, you know, oh my god, this is such a great song, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I don't I at least don't get that. And Harmony Hall is I think it's the most well produced track probably on here. It's like the sleekest and it's the most anthem yeah, the most anthemic, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um it's it's got great moments. It's it def, it's very it's very like shiny feeling and really nice, but um I don't know. I got kind of bored of it a little bit, mm. um around like the the last few listens that I gave. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that has to do with the fact that it's like, it is a good song, but there's still not like a level of depth to it. That makes me like, you know, right. Like either instrumentally or lyrically that I'm like, Oh yeah. I, at least with this record, I have this song. Um, and it, and I feel like, you know, with, I mean, shit, there's like, <laughs> five songs six songs afterwards that are not really you know this life is okay i kind of I, I was gonna say i feel how you feel about harmony hall i think i kind of feel about this life where there isn't much depth to it at all but just like yeah, sonically yeah. i really like that song um but it's not like yeah. it doesn't really stick and it's not gonna be like a song of the year candidate or God, and i and i'm but. like getting really annoyed by that chorus too Is like that? as i as i well just the you've been cheating on cheating on me <laughs> cheating 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 <laughs> just saying it over and over again you know what like, chorus was really effing annoying was uh how long i thought that chorus was just, <laughs> yeah and yeah. it like it cuts out for like a split second um where he says like like toward the end he'll say how long and then in between how and long, there's like this weird, like, yeah, like slight skip or something. I don't know. That thought, was annoying. Thought, All of that like, was annoying. That, thanks for pointing that out because I thought whenever I was first listening to it that my like headphones were like crapping out or something at that point. I was like, and then it started doing it like consistently, um, you know, obviously <laughs> consistently. I'm like, okay, either this is just a really crazy coincidence <laughs> or there's a weird little pause in between here. Yeah. I thought my like AirPod was messing up or something like it yeah. was low on battery or something. So I, or yeah. On, yeah. So I don't know. So that, that song was annoying. That's a song Wait, I that? actually do not like that in married in a gold rush. I do not like. Okay. That. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I think that, um, 
that kind of is then just an example of like of like the biggest problem I have with this is like unnecessary execution. Right. Right. Like just basically going into I feel like they they almost like mixed and produced this record without like any holistic idea. And they were just kind of fucking around like with these little like timestamps and like being like, Ooh, this sounds cool in here. Ooh, this sounds cool in here. And then repeating it, you know, and, and over and over again. And it didn't, I don't think it ended up working out very well because it's just like, I, I have like no idea one stylistically how to feel. And then two, <laughs> I have no idea why certain choices, instrumental or production choices were made, mm, you know, yeah. on it. And there's no, there's no clear like picture to me. So I'm just left with a lot of like confusion by the end of this record. Right. No, that's that's yeah. exactly how I feel is confusion. Because like yeah. the last song, it's like a you know, it's a pretty nice piano ballad, but it's kinda I feel like the intention with that song is to kind of wrap everything up, but everything was so all over the place that like I'm more confused after the closure. So I I don't know. Okay, and then can you also Yeah. If you if you could, yes. could you give me what your take on the chorus of that last one? being jerusalem new york berlin like just seeing that uh-huh. like what 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 are they saying i have no idea what he means by that yeah so i i looked this up a little bit on genius um so ezra koenig is jewish and yeah. those three cities are you know someone's theory was that you know jerusalem obviously a very you know important to judaism New York is kind of the American hub for Jewish people. And then Berlin, mm. there's an obvious connection with Jewish history there. So that was yeah. a theory someone kind of hypothesized. Koenig oh, himself boy. said that these three cities represent religion, money, and culture, respectively. That's what he said. So I, I didn't really read okay. too much into that, but that's why. Um, okay, but, yeah. okay. So there, there you go. That's, that's what okay, Genius that's- said. Okay, that's I I could see that. That's a good uh, that's a good pot or a good uh, takeaway from it. And and that's one lyrical thing I actually like about this record um, is that they do or or he does have these moments uh, where he touches on religion. I guess every now and then. I loved Mm -hmm. it about Modern Vampires because that's like the entire second half of that record is very religious, and Mm -hmm. he makes a lot of points that are interesting. Here he does too, but I feel like it's more spread out to the point where like it, his, what he's saying doesn't have the same kind of impact. Um, one, because the songs aren't as engaging on their own. And then two, it's just not enough religious discussion and it's so spread out that it just kind of gets lost sometimes. Um, yeah. That's like, yeah, that, that, that is a good point. Like I, I was thinking also like on Big Blue. Yeah. Like, I like the uh, the chorus on on that where well mostly like the first part of it where he's basically just talking about like he's how how he's having or he doesn't feel as large of a connection anymore with the natural world um, and like you know like he's like he's feeling like he's a, a loss of himself almost right 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 and I like that sentiment it was good and then he repeats it seven times right. over like kind of a boring. Uh, non-progressive uh, instrumental, and it loses a lot of its luster because of that. And you know, it's it's kind of it's just very unfortunate. Yeah, 
yeah. to, to see that, to see like these ideas and like well thought out lyrical moments be kind of just like not, you know, I don't take them very serious or as seriously because of like either boring instrumental moments or unnecessary instrumental moments, you know, whatever. Right. There's, there's a lot of bright spots on this record. There are. Um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't always click into one great song. Sometimes it does, and but most of the times it's like a decent song and there's a couple great moments thrown in. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before final thoughts? Um, yeah, not really. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I, th- I think that's about all I wanted to discuss. Yeah. This, this record, interestingly, um, left me with not much to discuss outside of like mm-hmm. I, I expected to have more to discuss on this podcast because it's a vampire weekend record but because of just a lot of the filler and just kind of the you know in some ways a lot of inspiration and in other ways lack of inspiration it, it's just it, it was a really weird experience um and I, I ultimately don't have much else to say about it which was kind yeah. of a strange feeling yeah that, that that is a good point it was this was a tough one to listen to and i had to go back and listen to it a lot so that i could try to pick out stuff right and then i felt like i was like over you know overdoing it at certain points because i was like you know maybe that's just it shows how, what this you know how kind of very surface level this album really is right and you know when i first heard harmony hall as a single i thought it was cool like i thought it was a pretty cool song um, mm-hmm. but I, I like it more now. And so I thought maybe the rest of this album will be like this. So I listened to it like, I think 10 times or around 10 times in full. Um, yeah. and it's just, nothing has really grown on me since. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, I, 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 that's pretty much the same with me too, because like the, like what we were talking about with these interesting moments, mm-hmm. like kind of happening, but not maybe like fleshed out to fruition. Like, that was something for me, like, the first few times I was listening to it, I was like, okay, well, uh, there were, you know, I was still feeling kind of like, uh, on it, but there were moments where I was like, oh, this is really interesting, let me, you know, maybe maybe this will, like, come and jump out more at me as I give it more thought and listens. Mm-hmm. But it stayed about the same, you know? Right, right. Pretty, nothing, nothing really... Nothing really came back at me as like, a, oh, I get it now, you know. Yeah, this, I expected yeah. something like that, but um, but alas, yeah. it felt like it was trying to be experimental, but it ended up just being kind of like <clears throat> safe in a way. Right, it wasn't fleshed out enough. Oh, here's here's yeah. a here's a good zinger. Um, you know, when you're Vampire Weekend, but it's not fleshed out enough, so it's only a Vampire Weekday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah vampire mondays am i right <laughs> <laughs> i figured you get slapped saying something like that oh. <laughs> um so yeah that's that's our take on vampire weekend uh yes. <laughs> um i'm trying to look here i don't i don't think i really have anything uh else other than i i want to say i think the guitar work in general is very good on this record, um, thanks in large part to Steve Lacey and Ezra Koenig. And there's a song or two that has uh, David Longstreth from Dirty Projectors. There's a lot mm-hmm. of good guitar Which, on this record. 
Which is very apparent, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, for me, like, also just like, this sounds like dirty projector. Yeah, right. Like, the beginning of Harmony Hall or whatever is apparently yeah. Dave Longstreth. I'm like, oh, you don't have to try to convince me. Like, yep, that <laughs> sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but I was no. just like, oh, well, hey, hey, what's going on? In a way, that's, that's kind of a strength for him is, like, I can tell what his guitar it sounds like you know what i mean like he has like an, yeah. a strong identity to how he plays and that's i think a positive um so yeah, yeah. he's coined a style yeah right right so uh so yeah that's uh that's all i've got really um yeah same here okay uh we'll do we can finalize it if you want yeah let's find Ooh, let's finalize it uh, let's put this Ooh, in. Maybe final. we're gonna start saying that. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> you ready no, to finalize just, it? Just, just off of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, sounds good, man. You can say that. Um, <laughs> Making an executive decision here. <laughs> uh, my my final thoughts are pretty short. Um, okay. So this is my least favorite Vampire Weekend album. Um, that isn't to say that I dislike it. It's, you know, equal parts disappointment in this record and equal parts I really like the rest of their discography. Um, I like plenty of songs here, you know, uh, Harmony Hall we talked about, um, This Life and Unbearably White, I thought were pretty good singles. Um, both of the songs featuring Steve Lacey have me excited for his new record, um, coming out May 24th, I think. But this album is a mixed bag. Um, it's bloated. It has plenty of filler. And the biggest criticism is that I don't see an overall theme or style connecting everything together. It's, you know, to me, it's not a very cohesive record. Um, we jump from like country folk to blues to dance music back to country folk. Uh, I wish this comeback record, it's a comeback record, so I had some, some hype. I, I wish it lived up to my expectations, um, but it didn't. That said, uh, when I do play the album from like front to back, I you know generally enjoy the experience, uh, but barely. So I'm gonna give it like a five, a five out of ten. Not even like a mm. five. I'm giving it a five out of ten. It's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say we don't really do the like eh, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I say like yeah. a five, I mean a five. Uh, yeah, I'm on the fence, Actually, man. We do do kind of. Uh, we do. Like, uh, we do yeah, do. never mind. We yeah. do that all the time. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm on the fence. Uh, I, you know, and I don't really see that changing because I've played this so much. Uh, yeah. I think I'm just stuck at a five, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Those are those are all good points and a fair score, I would say. Thank you. Um, yeah. I. I. I, you know, I feel like we're in agreement on this, which also was something I was kind of uh, nervous about because mm. I know that you like Vampire Weekend. I, I'd say you like them quite a bit more than I do, especially I at this point. I probably do. Um, I think I like this band more than my friends like this band, except I do have a friend up here who is really into this band. So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I think in general, like I'm a pretty big fan of the group. Um so yeah. I don't know. So the, it, yeah. this is disappointing for me in a way. Yeah, and I was kind of like, I was like, all right, I was prepared for having to defend a lot of negatives on this because of because you know I thought that maybe maybe you would uh, 
like it much more than I did. But oh, yeah, I would come in for the, pissed off at your Vampire Weekend takes. Like I can't just yeah. accept that you're an adult with differing yeah. opinions. So yeah, that's, that's how I. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's why you know whenever we do this podcast, we just make sure we only agree with each other, right? So that you know, because we're too scared to to you know argue right when we were in the same room for that one podcast it was like uh oh what if i say something he might punch me oh god oh no <laughs> and if we feel if we're like hey did you like this album no oh i did okay we're not going to do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> just so you know how the process goes right yeah that's why our, our releases are so sparse is because we uh we actually delete the <laughs> podcast where we end up disagreeing so <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it really affects our friendship. That's an issue. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a little touchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. No, anyway, no, obviously, <laughs> that is, you know, that's not why we do this podcast. We are, <laughs> we are adults, and we can we can argue if we want to. Correct. Um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> just the... <laughs> Just the, just that kind of record, really. <laughs> it's, it's really like final thoughts on this thing are really hard to do because it's. I've basically just said everything about this. It's holistically a very bland record mm-hmm. with a lot more ambition than execute proper execution. Mm-hmm. And that's an album that drives me up the fucking wall <laughs> because I'm a huge fan of experimentation. Um, and I like, you know, safer, more accessible sounding music too, as long as it's executed well, but experimentation and ambition is that's my shit. I love that. That's mm-hmm. I love it. And for, especially to see a group, I mean, I wouldn't say that this album is super experimental, but it's a shift in their sound. So you could say they were experimenting in a way mm-hmm. and putting a little more ambition into their into their music. And for a band like you know as prominent as they are to do this, it's like, all right, you got a responsibility now to really give it your all. And then to see this happen, it's like it, it makes me just want to say, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, <laughs> what were you doing for six years? <laughs> Like, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> How did, you know, I, anyway, it, it, it drives me up the wall. I think that this album is, uh, it's not great. It's just not that good. And I, I don't really want to be very forgiving about it because you made a great point earlier saying about how, you know, with Drake and Migos and Lil Yachty, we were, we were able to like rip those apart for similar issues and i feel similarly about this like Mm. i did with those albums Mm. and you know and and there are certain moments on here they're like oh that's kind of interesting but there were certain moments on those where it's like oh that's kind of interesting so so now i'm like there's not a lot of redeeming factors on this other than a couple of tracks that are like good not great because even the good songs like sympathy which i did like um it's a song that I was like, if I was going to make like a top 100 album, or sorry, top 100 songs of the year, it would crack in the 90s. Damn, okay. No. Well, a little higher than that. I might be being a little too harsh right now on that. No, fuck it. In the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my double down time. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh. so... 
with all that being said, not a whole lot of really redeeming factors on this. Um, a lot of frustrations, interesting choices, but not great, um, not great execution. And that's a four from me. Ooh, a four. Not a not a big fan of this record, yeah. to be honest. That's on the dislike side. The four. That's on the. Yeah, I think it's just you know the bloatedness of it makes it so. You know, it's, as an album, so just just unlikable for me. Right. For every song I have highlighted as a favorite, there's another song that like I don't mind if I ever hear it again. So like, exactly. Kind of that ultimately cancels each other out. Um, yeah. I will say to your first of all, just a fantastic final thoughts from you. That was you know definitely Thank you. Thank we you. definitely had a reaction to it's, this. Record. It's funny that the one that started off with just a sigh is right. The one just that I get complimented on. They should put that on uh, uh, Metacritic. Just a four from you, and then like the comment just says like long audible sigh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you made a good point, and I don't think I said it myself, but I will now. Um, I really like that they definitely tried for a new sound because they easily could have just tried to recapture what they had with Rostam, but they didn't. They went a whole new route, and, and I appreciate that. And I'm disappointed not because it doesn't sound like typical Vampire Weekend. I'm disappointed because I don't think they did a particularly great job in this new direction. Uh, mm-hmm, so I just mm-hmm. wanted to clarify that. Um, Completely agree with that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's so a four and a half um for vampire weekend father of the bride um last other point it's not even a point and i saved it to the end because it really doesn't matter to me but this is the second podcast we've done this year about a white indie man uh who is dating a sitcom star um so james blake was dating uh jamila jamil uh, and still right. is. I don't know why I said was. He still is, to my knowledge. Um, Ezra Koenig is dating Rashida Jones of Parks and Recreation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which is like, what? Like, so random. These indie couples are so random. Uh, Jessica yeah. Jones chick, I think, is dating dude from War on Drugs. I think that's a thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so weird, man. This These indie... I think they might be married, actually. They might. They actually might. Like he might. Yeah, I think that she has. I think they have a kid. I was gonna say Ezra Koenig has a kid. I I guess it's with Rashida Jones. It's yeah. I know. I remember that. It's it's Rashida Jones. They were keeping it like kind of very very quiet. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Rashida Jones has a baby, and it's Ezra Koenig. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, was Rashida Rashida Jones was pregnant on Parks and Rec, right? Like, isn't that built into the storyline? Yeah, in some season. Well, I don't know if she was. And is that her kid? Pregnant or if that was because sometimes they yeah. do that. Like always, Sunny, they did that when like Sweet D was in real life pregnant. They built it into the story. So I don't know if they. Did yeah. That. Man, now we're down a, a whole yeah. new rabbit hole. Um, that's that's yeah. our, that's our <laughs> yeah, that, about and that was Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride, uh, four and a half out of ten. <laughs> Uh, also, like very, very obvious uh, segue to go down, like talking about Always Sunny and Parks and Rec after yeah. talking about Vampire Weekend record. Yeah, that's just something we probably would have talked about, like as soon as we were done with the podcast, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it always just goes back to that anyway. So uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, thank you for joining me. Um, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, stay tuned for what's in store next time, and bye bye.